and welcome back to another episode of the... So we got bored during quarantine and we started a podcast. Podcast. Welcome back. If you're listening for the first time or if you're a return visitor, we are two entertainers currently out of work due to the pandemic. Hey, hey. Um, and we use our random word generator to pass the time and find topics of conversation around entertainment. So let's get today's inspiration. Hey, Random. Random, random word generator. And the word is emotional. Emotional. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I mean, uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's, it's not a hard one to find things about, but I feel like it's going to be one of those ones where it's like a lot, a lot of different possibilities. Places you could go. Places you could go. Sarah's just gone quiet. She's just like stopped. She's no longer involved in this podcast. Just emotional. 54 seconds in. It's just, it's just a word that I, I just, I have too much of in my daily life. Let's put it that way. Yeah, okay. Well, you feel very far away from your microphone, huh? I don't know if you are, but. Well, let's hope people still hear me. I'm going to crank you up at your volume. Crank me up. Especially because you're, you're a difficult go, one go. to edit because you're like, you speak either extremely loudly or extremely quietly. There's nothing in between. <sighs> Sorry. See, it's it's again with the emotional thing. It's like up and down, up and down. I mean, I guess emotional doesn't necessarily mean that you're changing emotions all the time. It could just mean that you get a lot of a certain emotion, right? Um, I guess so. But that's not what you think, really. No, you think, you like, think of changing, multiple emotions. Right? It's funny. Just thinking about. So. Does that word stimulate anything in you? Because I'm a bit, I've gone blank. I'm a bit blank. Like, I feel like... It, oh, let's it, do another one. It takes me to, to places that we've already talked about. and just Yeah, let's do another stop. one. See if there's something else that pops out. Okay, tell me to stop. Stop. Oh, gosh. Utopian. Oh, no. <laughs> this is your area, not mine. <laughs> Come on, then. Start us off. Oh, uh, well, utopias are just basically, like, it's an, an ideal. It's like a dream world of, like, the perfect world. Oh, yeah. You like dystopia. <laughs> is that it? Maybe that's more what what is more interesting. I think a utopia is just it's an ideal. It's a dream. Are there any films about utopias? It's got to be. I imagine they come along and be broken. Yes, but... it's called Zootopia. Zootopia. That's true. <laughs> Shakira. Shakira. Uh, Shakira. Shakira the gazelle. Was she a gazelle? I thought she was a giraffe for a second, but she's a gazelle. Oh, You're right. Yeah. It's funny because um, you know how she has this warble like. Oh, I, I can't yeah. do it. But um. Apparently, she tried, like, as a kid, tried going into, like, a choir, and the teacher was like, no, you sound like a goat. <laughs> it's come full circle that she ends up, she ends up in Zootopia. Yeah, and I, I wonder if she was like, can you make me the closest thing to a goat just to rub it into this, this teacher's face? You know, is it? I, I, love, I love that story. It's a great story. <laughs> she's like, you're too goat-like. Not interesting. I know, and then she, she's a superstar singer. Uh, yeah. There's gonna be a teacher somewhere in the world someday going, oh, what did I do? I told Shakira she sounds like a goat, but she did. Oh, that was one of those stubborn teachers. Yeah, maybe. Like, I mean, and, 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 I mean, once she said that, I was like, yeah, I can see the relationship with goat. I guess the um, thank but, you for doing a goat. But she does a very good goat. It's a very, it's a very musical goat. It's a very musical goat. She dances very well. She uh, does. You know, her hips don't lie. They don't. No, not at all. Not one bit. <laughs> no, that is true. But yeah, 
How so, are we going to top that story about Shakira? I feel like that's that's like the winner of the, the episode. It's we're like only four minutes in. We're done. We're done. Zootopia's done. Yeah, I don't know. Have there been any movies about Utopia? I this, feel like dystop- it's... Oh, dystopia is easy to talk about because it's it's broken. Everyone has a broken story about broken stuff. Yeah, but I feel like a dystopia works because somebody has been pushing for their own version of Utopia. And then, oh, and then it kind of... Yeah, okay. It's so like Hunger Games style. It doesn't work for everyone else. You know? Yeah. That's the problem with utopias, I think. Mm. Yeah. I was, the only thing, it's terrible because the only thing I think of with utopia is the idea of that kind of the, the Christian image of you know, being good and then you eventually go somewhere better and yeah, that kind of idea. That, that's why I was, I was like, the first thing that came to mind was that, that Dolly Parton Christmas movie. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Well, ironically, they're doing it by showing this, like, broken things. Like, oh no, this person lost their mom and they did, 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 did but it, it just doesn't feel that way. It's like, but you know, faith will see you through. And you're like, okay, great. Um, I mean, I do agree that having a positive attitude helps a lot. Definitely. definitely no, helps. that's true. Um, but kind of going back to Hunger Games. Yeah. I think that's a perfect example of how in the capital that they they were living their utopia they had this incredible amount of food uh great fat well that depends who you see but you know very fashionable very rich very so it was a utopia for them but then for everybody else it was a dystopia yes exactly so maybe they have to go together then i yeah i feel like what other dystopian films are there they're each a side of ready player one ready player that's that's i don't is there a utopia in that I suppose would the you idea say of living inside? living it's inside the game the, would be the, the utopia. Yeah, the game. But that also doesn't work. That was one of the things they realized is that it's well, it's fragile. Yeah. And that you give up. Yeah. So there's always. Yeah, there's always an imbalance, basically. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other dystopian films. I don't like dystopia. Um, you like things that uh, that will make you. By the time you finish the film, you're like, "Yep, no, the world is exploding." That's what you I, like. I, I don't like it. I usually just like well formed alternative realities like worlds you know those are always fun too <laughs> she's just blinking at me like what yeah sure um because i i the one i can only think of right now is um altered carbon oh yeah okay it was kind of very futuristic i guess kind of like blade runner as well oh blade you, runner yeah um maybe even repo man <laughs> Where they're basically there's this company that produces uh, organs for you. Um, is this, which, which film is this? This is Repo Man, which okay. is also the the rock opera, the scary rock opera. Oh, then we should. Okay, this is interesting. Um, Someone produces organs. So basically, then Sweeney Todd comes along, chops them off, puts them in the pie. <laughs> is that how it goes? No, that's not good business. Though. Oh. <laughs> or maybe it is. I don't know. The thing is that uh, the organs are so expensive that you're paying for them like a mortgage. And if you miss a payment, guess who comes? The Repo Man, the Repossession Team. And you want me to watch this with you? No, no, I'm just saying it's it's, it's kind of one of these... Like, it's kind of dystopian. Cool. I mean, it's like, oh, great, we have created technology that can save our lives only if you have enough money. So you're, like, living forever um, hoping to pay off this this organ to stay alive. And if not, wow, well, that's that's depressing. <laughs> Great, I think it just it just goes, yeah, yeah. This, I do feel like utopia and dystopia have to almost go together. I think that's one of the big takeaways from this podcast. Yeah, is the topies. They, they're kind of the topies are linked. Yeah, they're linked. Topies. I wonder if the topiary as well is involved. 
But the big question is, are toupees linked to the whole thing? Toupees. Uh, oh, goodness gracious. Toupees. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Utopia. Okay, well, maybe that brings the question as to, is there, you know, because Utopia is, I mean, it's, it's a world, right? It's like the best kind of world. That's kind of the idea. Based on certain principles. But the idea is that it's something that's really, really good. Yeah. So what's like your utopia? What is the, what is the piece of art that you're like, whoa. Piece of art? Yeah, like I mean, like, film, TV show. Like we've been talking a lot about film and TV shows recently just because we're watching a lot. But um, you know, it could also be painting or things you've seen and you're like, wow. Like not, not in the sense of utopia as in plentiful and bountiful, but it's like a piece of art that you really, really admire. It's a bit of a stretch, but in my head it made more sense. <laughs> like something, like a, a fabulous piece of work that just you're like, I would like to aspire to. Well, I don't even know if aspire, but yeah, that is just in a different realm. Yeah, that you imagine if you could of do the that. realm of perfection. Well, yeah, you're like if you could do that, then that would be utopia because you'd be like, oh, that look what I did, kind of thing. Although I don't know if I have an answer to this question because my very complicated yeah. question. I it's funny because my brain is kind of going like through through different like paintings that I've seen, um, whether architecture, uh, video or film, and it's like it's very hard to lump them all together. It's really hard. Um, I do realize that I, I do have a, a predilection for long flowy hair and gowns, um, horses involved as well. I used to love the idea of medieval era, but until I started understanding how you know healthcare how wonderful it is <laughs> having it um how female emancipation is a wonderful thing as well you're like if i could have si older fat no heating central heating that's also a wonderful this is, thing this is just yeah, this disintegrated and this question has taken a completely different turn it's hard completely unrelated to the question my, at all. my which is also unrelated to utopia <sighs> but like we're just unrelating everything to each other this is very i feel like i've lost my ability to just imagine things like yeah it's perfect it's fine this is this is good enough or like that i can dream i wish i could go back to the times where i thought medieval times were wonderful yeah, which is not nothing to do with with a, a piece of work that I would consider utopia. But because I think of that, because for example, I love the idea of like uh, the Princess Bride, which is kind of like castles, pirates. I mean, who doesn't like pirates? I mean, people killed by pirates. Well, that is a problem. <laughs> they just look so cool. They do, and even though they're missing limbs and have hooks for hands and. Wooden sticks for foot for legs, for foots <laughs> for foots for multiple foots for legs. Um, yeah, it's like you realize how as a child, many things could be a utopia, and then you become an adult and you find out the realities of things. That you're like, oh, I think utopias don't exist. Oh, how depressing I am, Emma. This is where you have to intervene and cheer this up. Okay, let me cheer this up. Answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I know gosh, it's really hard. It's this is so hard. Like asking you to pick your favorite thing out of all arts. Yeah, it's so hard. Like I even like I'm thinking even Egyptian, like. Oh man, that's a good. Because I really loved the Mummy. I thought that was great. You know the trilogy. The I really liked watching the Egyptologist watch the Mummy. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things. And and like say how ridiculous all these things were. Yeah, I also should praise a few things too but you oh. haven't answered the question no I'm struggling I don't think I can 
now I'm gonna throw it back to you. So we can deliberate, bounce back. What what are the elements of like a really good piece of artwork for you? No mm. matter the medium or what does it have to do to you for you to go like, ah, that one's good. Well, I think it has to grab my attention and keep my attention for however long I'm supposed to look at it. <laughs> um, I think it has to evoke something. Emotional. Yeah, emotional. It has to evoke something. I feel that when you look at something and if it doesn't do anything to you, that that it's not an art piece meant for you. Yeah. Um, your eyes are really. Si- oh, I don't remember what it is exactly, but I uh, saw this little graffiti piece, which is like art is meant to make you, is meant to make you feel uncomfortable, mm. and it's meant to comfort you when you feel uncomfortable. Okay. Like so, it's like yeah. it was like showing all the different parts of. And it was like so simple and it was like a kind of it was just really spray paint on the wall but you were like yeah and that that evoked something and even it wasn't you know a high art like it was something that evoked a response to me maybe feel something um and that i think is really important for art yeah and i think i guess if i was right now i suppose i'm a bit more biased towards visual arts um i've been doing quite a lot for the christmas gifts this year of you know of making stuff and I've been trying to get back into drawing and um, uh, so I think I, I'm paying a lot more attention to visual artists around me which is something I haven't done for years and um, I feel that even though it might be a bit cliche Banksy is one of those ones for me because I really love his style of things but I what fascinates me the most is like how much you can look at something and how many different interpretations and messages but the message is the same but it's like different also in different interpretations for what it could be and then the fascination of never really knowing <laughs> like never knowing what it was that yeah. Banksy as an artist wanted to portray like I don't know if you ever really or get what triggered him okay or yeah. her this is this is what I'm feeling this is what needs to be created yeah or what, what the trigger point was yeah. like I would really like to go and see because I remember you went and you saw a Banksy uh, art expo in Amsterdam I'd love to go and see one like that at some point but yeah I feel like it, for me he's one of those people at the moment that I, I'm really quite fascinated by because he has this ability to do something that I really admire which is to take a very complex situation and simplify it into an image and that's that's an incredible ability um, to an image that is understandable it's, it's powerful it's poignant Almost universal it like, looks good it's universal it's without words but it's still a story um, so for me, that's kind of, I guess, one of... I mean, he's an artist rather than an art, like a piece of art, but that's one of those utopia things that you'd be like, yeah, if you could have that much, that much, I guess, influence on people and th- to get these emotive responses and, and still be a, a fantastic artist, as well as, like, I guess, also voicing opinions and voicing how you feel about things. There's this Maya Angelou quote that has been... Well, I, I mean, I stuck in my head, not the exact phrasing of it but it's been stuck in my head for weeks and I cannot get rid of it I think it's it, it is so powerful for any artist which is that um, it's like yeah you you know you should always feel anger you should allow yourself to be angry but you should funnel that anger into creation so and, and I thought I took the word anger to really mean I guess emotions in a large part but anger was one that was very I think very important because it's one that can be so destructive and, and, yeah, it can fuel a but lot of can, whatever it's behind. But I think it's, it's also extremely powerful when it comes to art. Like, I think it's destructive on a personal level. 
it can be very destructive but i think in art it's a hugely powerful tool it's anger yeah because you're speaking out against things um so yeah that would probably be my answer and it'll probably change next like it'll probably change tomorrow like it's a great thing with with i guess you have know, you art. have you watched a film or read a book that you know you read it at a certain age point and then you waited a few years and then you decided to rewatch it or reread it and you felt like you experienced a very different book or film um because we were talking about how banksy's uh you know images can convey different like you could see different yeah. things going on so i'm curious i, I, I feel guess like in a story you'd be able to like in a, in a well, film i think that's or, valid because like if you think about disney films they're intended to be they're kids movies but they're intended to be like disney knows that like the people who watch disney movies the most are also adults because the, they have kids. to sit they have yeah. to sit through it with yeah. their kids so it's intended to have double layers it did double meanings uh, so you know, it's, there, there's things in there for adults, but there's and there's things in there for kids. Things that can be interpreted really innocently for children, but can have a very different meaning on a um, on a adult scale. I'm trying to think because I I know that it's an interesting question. I know that I have avoided doing this with things that I care about. <laughs> so I have two examples. One is my favorite movie of all time, which is Space Jam. I've refused to watch it again because I've I, and I watched it a lot when I was little. But I'm like, if I watch it again, I just don't think it's gonna have the same effect. The other one is uh, Journey to the River Sea by Eva Ibbotson, who's mm-hmm. an author, um, and that was a book I read in my teen years. And I remember it opened a new style of storytelling for me—the style of uh, when you can get your reader to be completely immersed in the world that they they feel that they're there with it she had a way with words in describing places and people that just spoke to me in particular that there was a i guess it was like maybe noticing some of the things i would notice i mean that might Mm. be a a part of it um and so when you read it then if you you know if if that author notices the things that you probably would have noticed if you were there yeah that that also i think you just you become a bit more entranced by it because it's completely natural for you um, and I remember reading that book and thinking it was beautiful. The, the, I, the story was nice, but then the book was beautiful. And I, I was completely obsessed with it. And I, to a certain extent, I want to read it again. But on the other hand, I'm like, I'm older now. I'm an adult. I don't know if it will ruin it for me. Because it's, it's a very powerful feeling that I have towards that book. To the extent that I keep it, I, I don't want to get rid of it. Um, uh, because I, 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 but I, I, I can't even tell you what the story is about anymore. <laughs> like I really don't remember it. I kind of remember the ending a bit, but that's about it. Um, so yeah, I, ha- I I'm trying to think of what I have done. Do you have anything that you've make it, that you've watched again? You're like, well, that was not- no. But uh, you talk about the the movie Space Jam made me think of also, um, yeah, very cliche, the, uh, the Little Mermaid, um, because I also watched it a lot. But I was what three, four years old and I think I might have watched at some point around my like 10 you know older child era Uh um but I think I I think now I would feel a lot different because I I do notice that if I I feel like now I can't help but watch it as an adult well (laughs) no yeah that I find really frustrating you can't be a child anymore. Like you can't, yeah. you can't experience it. But even though life. I try to keep, you know, that sense of wonder and that that you know, still willing to laugh a lot and and to allow emotions to flow freely, I no. But you also have social, you have social norms now. Because one of the fantastic things is like, 
I mean, I think one probably one of the benefits of having children is also that you you kind of get to live a child's life vicariously. Yeah. Because you watch them learn and, 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 and do things. But one of the things I remember of kids, which, I, you know, is hilarious, is that they laugh at whatever they think is funny. Yeah. And a lot of the time, um, that's usually when the baddie dies. <laughs> like, evil or things. Or they get beaten up. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, it's it, but they don't have the social norms of like, yeah, hitting someone is bad. They're just like, that's funny. He deserved it. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, okay, what, well, you know, did you feel bad that Scar died? And I'd be like, no, like, he deserved it. And you're like, yes, but also no. Because I, I guess the sense of justice is more important. Yes, than... probably. I, I think it's just more black and white. And then it's just fun watching kids watch films and seeing where they laugh at things. And you're kind of like, really? Why, like, why did that make you giggle? Like, what is it that kind of, like, took that away? So, yeah, I understand that frustration. I think you, I think you can't get it back unless you, you... The only thing you can do is to live vicariously through, through kids. Yeah. Know, kind of around you. Um, but, yeah, it, it is frustrating never being, not being able to... I guess it's frustrating not being able to relive something the first time you experienced it. Yeah. Because that's it, really. Is that you'll never... Like, a first impression is... Like, you'll never have the first impression again. Um, yeah, things like The Green Book which was, you know, this Oscar-winning... It would become this Oscar-winning film about this kind of black musician and his white driver. Um, you know, it was like... You came out of the cinema and you were like, wow, that was... I don't know. It, w- it was not something I was expecting. I, we were kind of going in there just to see it. We didn't know anything about this. And you came out and you're like, that was an incredible film. And you're like, I'm never going to experience that the same way again. If I watch it again, it'll never be the same way again. Yeah. yeah that first impression is gone. It's taken from you. Um, so yeah I guess that's the frustration is that you can never relive that first time yeah yeah this is yeah I, I feel it <laughs> so. but I mean it doesn't mean that there, you won't discover new things right I guess that's how you well no you but it's just, it's just it has to be enough. new like you can still also you can still appreciate things watching them again or reading them again but you just won't have the first impression part yeah all surprises kind of taken away from it uh, in many ways but you get you, sometimes you get especially if there's like a lot more complex characters with nuances like sometimes you you get to appreciate certain certain things from the characters that maybe you hadn't noticed the first time or when you were a kid <laughs> yeah definitely uh, but also I like rewatching things that that you you know things that you're like oh either there's a big surprise at the end or that that the, there's a world where there might be Easter eggs for other things. Mm. Like that's really fun to rewatch them and to try and spot them. I'm thinking actually of. Um, I wonder. I that's why Pixar throws Easter eggs so people want to watch oh, it again I, so for they sure can find it. Oh, sure, it's part of it. Uh, I like, was thinking actually of the the latest Charlize Theron film, which I've forgotten the name of, where she plays Andy. Yeah. Uh, the. Um, do you remember the, the name? Of course you don't. Uh, she's an immortal. Yeah. I forgot the name of it. You can look it up because you don't remember things, so you can look it up. Um, but uh, that one was was great because it has a it has a twist at the end that you you don't see coming, and then you realize, like I remember immediately the the film ending, and realizing that after that kind of twist is that there was there was clues to it, all along the way. Yeah. Um, clu- the old guard is called. The old guard. That's it. There was clues to that twist and what might come afterwards, along this 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 film, and so you kind of want to rewatch it to be able to like see if you can get any hints of what happens next. 
Yeah. I hope they do a sequel. I hope so too. I hope so too. Um. Yeah. Then there's things like, yeah. There's the. <coughs> pardon me. There's a whole load of like fan theories on different different worlds. Um, on the the Harry Potter world is one big one. Um. Star Wars for some stupid reason. Oh gosh, how do you feel about um, the news that came out from Disney? Kind of. There's gonna be ten. The investor meeting where they had to basically show off everything they were gonna publish. Yeah. I almost feel like oh well, I'm not excited anymore. I don't know. I mean, I think I feel like everyone's probably in the same boat of feeling a bit fed up with the idea of. um, uh, No original stories. Disney milking it. There's no original stories. It's just we take what works and then we just run with that. I do. I mean, I simultaneously, I love like offshoots of things. Like, I was really excited for the um, the Loki series, the mini series yeah. about Loki. One because I love the mythology around it. Uh, I love Loki as a character in the mythology, and it would be really interesting to see if they explore that kind of and I like the not character. good, not bad yeah. aspect of it. And I I love Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I think yeah. he's he's great. Um, and I was really excited for that, but then they announced that there's like nine other Marvel things, and it gets lost in it, and you're kind of like, yeah, I lost, I've I've lost interest in it, for that reason too, because then it's no longer special. It's not an offshoot with any speciality to it. It's like, oh, they're all getting offshoots. Yeah. What's the point? It's um, just, it's it's no longer Disney, the creator of wonder and magical things. It's more like Disney, milk stories till the death. Yeah. No. Exactly. And I, I want I I you do worry a bit. For some of these franchises, whether that will affect them. I mean, the comic book world has the benefit of being such a huge canon, like, to be played with. Yeah. Star Wars, um, I, I don't know, because, I mean, Disney disregarded a lot of the canon. So the books were originally considered canon. I thought And then that they was... were like, no, that's no longer canon. That doesn't count. And you're like, how could you... How could you... That can't... You you're not allowed that? to... If it's canon, it's canon. Like, it started. It's Just, already there. It's we own stated. it, so... Screw it. Yeah, yeah that I I, th- I thought it was like, oh, ouch. See, like, I, I can't say I'm looking forward to all these, like, you know, these 10 new Marvel films and TV series and these 10 new Star Wars films and TV series. It just doesn't excite me anymore because it's not special. Yeah, and I don't see them... I mean, because you had mentioned that they're probably not going to be able to finish paying the investment they've put into Disney Plus until 2024. Yeah. So I can't see them taking any risk on stories until then until after that i say probably at least until two years after that probably they've made up some kind of like some profit from it i don't know i'm worried that disney for me was always and i think that's what walt disney wanted when he started was to create magic and to create new stories and to create unique things that had never been done before and for a long time disney did do that but i think once walt disney died uh, and it's basically become more commercial and now Disney's aim is to basically make it, money. No, I think more scarily, it's it's to monopolize the entertainment market. Yeah, you, know, you look at Disney, what they're doing, they are buying everything in sight. Yeah, but everything that's already been created. No, but they're also buying. I mean, they they bought. Uh, what, I mean, what are the various TV things they've bought? And they've bought various. Ch- they bought Hulu. They own Hulu yeah. now, uh, which also means that they they're kind of. I don't know. I would be scared that they'd, they'd start monopolizing it. It's, it's, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, right now, I don't see Netflix dying anytime soon. But I think if Disney starts putting it in and starts to create stuff for adults in particular or things that are different, then you might see it. They bought National Geographic. <laughs> yeah, there's all, there's all kinds of stuff. Anyway, on that depressing note, 
We should probably end. Um, well, actually, I will add a positive note. Not all kids are into Disney. I could say that. Why? Just because my nephew and niece are not into Disney, that's the only reason. At all? Yeah. The only one there my niece kind of tolerates is Brave. It's a good one. To, it's a good one to tolerate. Yeah. There's one. But is that Disney? Yeah. Is it Pixar? Maybe. I don't know anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's not even Disney then. Oh, oh because she's, a, she, she's not a Disney princess though, I don't think. I really thought she was. Maybe she is a Disney princess. Maybe it's Moana who's not a Disney princess. It's Disney. It's Disney. Okay, great. But yeah, Brave is a good a good Disney film to support. So yeah, let, let us know your uh, your thoughts on one, I guess, Disney monopolizing the market and... Uh, Will they get away with it? What was the other thing we talked about today? Um, I don't even remember our word. What was our word? This is, this is a problem getting older. Literally, it's 28 minutes. I've forgotten what we've been speaking about for 15 of them. And you probably have as well. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, we talked about oh, Utopia. Wh- Utopia. That's true. And kind of what kind of art, you know, has yeah, let- triggered you going, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Yeah, let us know if you have any, any pieces of art that really like stood out to you, that evoked something in you. And you can do this on. That's your role. You can drop us a message on Facebook at Boredom and Quarantine or Instagram as well at Boredom and Quarantine Podcast. Or you can even email us. Yes, email. Boredom and Quarantine Podcast at gmail.com. And if all that fails, you can always send us a pigeon to uh, BIQHQ. Uh, <laughs> it'll find us. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. We've been. So we got bored doing quarantine and we started a podcast. Podcast. Until soon. Bye bye.